Hello, awesome people. Welcome to Embrace the Pivot. I'm Dr. C. Robinson, your host for the show. Join me as we discover what pivoting actually means and how you can embrace your pivot during life's transition. Happy Wednesday, everyone. We are back. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Embrace the Pivot. I'm excited to announce that my other podcast, um, no, that's not how it works. Tara Ackaway and I are relaunching it, and that is coming out next Tuesday. We are talking about everything from top media tips, top mistakes people make when pitching media, to entrepreneurship, to how to run a company, leadership. We're talking about everything that goes into business and the do's and don'ts. We're going to be talking a lot about how just from experience, we learned what not to do and we want to share it with you. So very excited. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcast, you'll be able to listen to it. Again, it's called Um No, That's Not How It Works. Next week's episode of Embrace the Pivot, I'm going to be sharing with you tips and tricks on how to pivot your mindset because pivoting your mindset is so critical to successfully pivoting in your career. So I'm going to go more into depth on that. I get that question all the time. Well, how do you pivot your mindset? How do you see things differently? Keep a lookout for that. That'll be out next Wednesday. Today's guest Kim Gubera, CEO of Pertech, which is a B2B on-site and retail hydraulic hose replacement business, and is the third fastest growing franchise based on unit percentage. Kim has an interesting story. She didn't grow up in the best of circumstances. She had to drop out of college she decided to go back to college. She started in the financial world. She was a controller. And now she really was able to understand the ins and outs of the franchise market, franchise businesses. And now at Pertech, she is able to apply all of that, her leadership skills to being CEO. I'm really looking forward to her sharing her journey and her gumption. Everyone, please welcome Kim. Thank you for having me. Okay, so you are the CEO of Pertech, which is a B2B on-site and retail hydraulic hose replacement business. What does that actually mean? So what we... I like to actually frame it up a little bit differently because people, sometimes they get so focused on that, they don't realize that we're a franchisor. So it's actually our franchisees who either have a brick-and-mortar store uh, or they're just strictly mobile service for repairing hydraulic hoses. And anything that conveys a fluid uh, is going to have hoses, so there's hoses on all kinds of equipment. A lot of our customers, of course, would be construction companies, rental companies, um, maybe waste management type companies. 
So there's an actual very big need for it. Uh, it would be considered actually an essential service because we actually support essential services. So it's our franchisees doing that work every day, and we have just over 100 franchises throughout the U.S. Wow. So with 100 franchises throughout the U.S., are you looking to expand that, or you, do you want to keep it to the 100? No, we're definitely on the road for expansion. So in the last uh, six years, they grew from 46 franchises to we're now at 101. And we know we have room for probably a little over 300 franchises in the U.S. And so that's definitely our focus is to expand and grow our brand, both by expanding the businesses of our individual franchise owners and then just expanding, you know, in our footprint across the U.S. Uh, congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. Currently, you're CEO, but you started off in finance and as a controller. Take me through your background and how you were able to transition throughout the industry to becoming CEO. Okay, yeah, it's uh, kind of interesting. I worked for a company uh, when I was in my early 20s, decided fairly quickly that I enjoyed accounting, so I started going to school in the evenings while I had that full-time job. And Nine years later, it actually took me that long, I ended up getting my uh, bachelor's degree in accounting and then I went on to get an MBA. Then I became a certified public accountant and I worked for, that company I worked for had a division in franchising and so I transferred to that division in 2000 after I'd finished my four-year degree and worked for them. I started out as a staff accountant there, I ended up being their director of finance and then I came over to Pertech in 2016. I took, I guess you would say, maybe a little bit of a step, people might consider it backwards, to become the controller of Pertech in 2016. But then I quickly became their CFO in 2018 and then their CEO in 2019. What attracted you to want to start learning about the franchise business or industry? Well, I'd like to give you some kind of really deep answer there, but honestly, it was by accident. So that, that company that I worked for in my early 20s, uh, I stayed with them for 26 years, and it was in that last 16 that they said, hey, we have an opening in our franchising division. And so that's what I transferred to in 2000. And then I quickly learned that I enjoyed that. I enjoyed seeing franchisees start out their business and then see that grow along and along over the years, knowing that I kind of contributed a little bit to their, to their growth and their success, and I liked that. So when I did leave that company and I had an opportunity to go to another franchising company, that definitely was a great fit for me. With the franchise model, how, one, do you set the parent company up for success? And two, how do you set up those franchise owners for success? So, yeah, that, that's a very long answer probably, especially the second part. The part about being a franchisor and being successful, first of all, I'm part of 
I'm lucky in the fact that I'm part of a brand that's been around for 40 years. Now, they haven't been in the U.S. for 40 years. They've only been here for 24 years, but they've been around for 40 years, so they have a lot of their models already worked out. It really comes down to how you work with your franchisees because their success is your success. And Mm -hmm. I know that's kind of a, a phrase that people love to throw around, but when you really think about the franchise model, that is absolutely true because you can't have unsuccessful franchisees that roll up into uh, the business of the franchisor. It just wouldn't work. Setting up the franchisee for success, that is, you know, most franchisors have a pretty heavy training program, support program, and we do as well. And so we have field representatives that see our franchisees two, three, four times a year. And then we're just always available. You have a a uh, source at all times to help you, a financial expert, an IT expert, you know, a technical expert in our case. So you have all these experts that are at your disposal, sort of, by phone or by email each and every day. When you entered into the finance world sector, how did that prepare you to take on the responsibility of CEO? Yeah, that's a great question. And the main thing that I like to focus on is probably what most people wouldn't think would be the case, but when you are a finance a financial person in any organization, you get to work with all the departments of the business because it all all affects you know, the financial realm. And so you learn how to deal with and work with and educate your peers and uh, maybe even senior management in other parts of the business on how the financial parts work. And so you quickly learn that you're not insulated just in a little silo in finance. You really do have to be across the whole business. And to really be a successful financial person in a business, you are across every part of the business and you understand all of them. And so I think most people would probably answer and say, hey, I have financial understanding, so now as a CEO, that part of the business is not a struggle for me. And that's absolutely true, but I think it's more about the fact that you've already learned how to work with every different area of the business. It's just now as a CEO, you're overseeing them and not just working with them. What would you say was one of your biggest challenges as you transitioned into that leadership role? Uh, That's a great question. And I have to say that being an accountant by nature, meaning that even though I trained to do that professionally, it really just fit with my natural personality. I like structure. I like to follow through and check off a list and and do all those things. A lot of people would use the term that I'm very black and white. And when you become a CEO, it's not so structured. (laughs) You go in (laughs) each day and you don't really know what you're going to be faced with. And so I really had to get out of the mode of being a task-driven and oriented person to being able to – I, I hate to use the word pivot, but we're on that, you know, that's your thing. But to pivot quickly 
uh, during the day and, and start looking at something different. Your days don't typically go as you plan them. That's what I found out real quick. <laughs> yep. Even as an entrepreneur, when people ask me, oh, what's a typical day like for you? I say there is no typical day. It, everything <laughs> that's varies. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of variety. So I, I think yeah. that's good. But sometimes I would just love to have a, a list of 10 things that I could actually <laughs> check off all of those yeah. in one day. And that doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you on that one. How has your leadership style evolved over the years? Uh, I, I think I'm better at delegating than I've ever been, and that just came out of sheer necessity, so it was good. I would say that I have done a lot of work with myself and just, you know, how to deal with others in the terms of re trusting people to do their job and do it completely. I could be probably, if, if I let myself, I could be probably the world's greatest or I guess some people would <laughs> deem it the worst micromanager because I like, again, I like perfection. I like, you know, things to be ticked off and say that they're done. But I, I've learned over the years that sometimes done is better than perfect and that still makes some people choke. But it actually is true. I like to try things even if I don't have everything figured out yet and knowing that we can change or adapt as needed. And so that definitely has changed in me, I'd say, probably over the last 10 years. And definitely, you know, I think it probably helps the people that work for me, not me not drive them crazy, but, um, <laughs> you know, because I let them go. I, once people have my trust, I just let them go and do their thing which is really what has to happen or I would just bog down the entire organization. How do you develop that trust with your employees? Well, you know, I, I hope it's okay to uh, reference someone else on here, but, you yeah. know, I kind of follow Gary Vee, and, you know, he's got the uh, mindset of you trust first and then you respond if that doesn't work. And I'm, I'm trying to go that way, but I really – I haven't got there yet. So I think I'm more about I give people a little bit and then if they perform well and I, you know, so your trust kind of builds over time and then you get to that place where you're just really in sync, you know, with your, you know, director or whoever's working with you and then you can just really let things go to them knowing that they're going to close the circle knowing that they have the same passion about the organization that you do, I really think that really only happens over time. And I don't mean huge amounts of time. I think that just varies amongst people. But um, maybe one day I'll get to the place where Gary V does, but unfortunately I'm not there yet. Everyone's a work in progress, right? <laughs> right, so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> in your industry, are you... Uh, one of very few female CEOs? Are there more female CEOs in your industry? Um, and if, if so, if you're one of, you know, if there's few female CEOs, how are you able to overcome that imposter syndrome and say, you know what, I will do an excellent job as CEO? It's very interesting because there are very few 
from what I've been told. Uh, I don't claim to know, you know, the entire hydraulic industry across the world, but there are very few. I was told that right in the, in the beginning. Understanding that the owners of our business, you know, they've been around the hydraulics uh, world internationally for many, many years. So, you know, they're, they're a good source for that. But I was concerned about that in the beginning, especially since, you know, probably, and I don't know the specific number, but uh, most all of my franchisees are males. And um, mm. that did kind of concern me on day one. But the founder and the chairman of the board here in the U.S., you know, they never had, they didn't even bat an eye. They said it won't be a problem. And I have to say it has not been a problem because I, I did, I was concerned about that. You know, are they going to accept me? Because uh, not only am I female, but I don't have their industry experience. But not all of our franchisees come from the hydraulics industry. They, uh, we have people from all walks of life that have become franchisees. So now as far as overcoming the imposter syndrome, I wish I could say I have that beat, but I, I still, quite honestly, struggle with that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I, in a positive light on that, the, the one thing I like about that is that I feel like it keeps me centered uh, because I think with any role like this, you could become um, out of touch with your true self, you know, because you're caught up in, in this powerful position, you know, like some people perceive it as power or whatever. And, and I can see how that probably happens. So it, it's good for me to kind of uh, be forced to go, wait a minute, am I, you know, am I able to do this? Can I continue? And I have to say, too, I have a very, very supportive spouse and I wouldn't I wouldn't think that most women in my position maybe have that but my husband is my biggest supporter and he is my biggest coach and he all he tells me you know because a lot of people in our we're in our mid-50s maybe a lot of people in our age group would be like well it's very unlikely you know that the woman's the, the one with the higher position and all he keeps telling me is you keep going and that's so amazing. That, that helps me a lot. You know, that really does help me a lot. So if that imposter syndrome gets the better of me, he keeps, he, he brings me back to reality. <laughs> um, please give your husband a high five from me. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so you said it helps you uh, remain true to yourself. Who is your true self? Well, I'm a wife, obviously. I'm a mother. Uh, my daughter is 29 years old and a teacher. You know, I'm a person that's very passionate about any position or job that I have. I, I like to do things well. I'm an ambitious person, so I want to I see how far I can go. I, I will tell you that, you know, my ultimate goal throughout my whole career was to be a CFO. And I never really envisioned myself being a CEO. And so I guess this kind of came to me a little bit as a surprise, but it has really been just something I've enjoyed immensely. You know, just the opportunity that I was given, it was a great opportunity. So I would say a lot of my true self is just what you get. Um, again, to refer back to my husband, he says, you know, you really, 
you know, a lot of people say people are different at home than, than not, but I, I'm kind of the same <laughs> in both places. I just kind of am what I am. But uh, I do enjoy what I do, which allows me to, you know, really be invested in spending the time that I need to to, to get things done. So just a simple person. I grew up very poor and um, from a single parent household. And so, you know, just those kind of things, I, I want to stay centered on those things. And how has your background in growing up the way that you did help you focus on success and help you focus on what really matters? Well, definitely for the things that really matter, you know, obviously I don't, I realize that money or power will not satisfy every human need. Uh, I know that because, of course, you know, I, I've already lived that. It does push me and has pushed me, I would say, even since high school about being a success because I, you know, I just wanted to be successful in whatever that meant. And, again, it's been kind of a long journey. I, I'm not one of the people that came right out of high school and went to college. I mean, I did go right to college, but I ended up quitting and getting married. Um, but, you know, the, the thing is I just knew that I wanted to do well at whatever whatever I did and that I didn't want to be, obviously, to live in poverty and uh, to have, but I never dreamed it would come to this level. I just wanted a normal, whatever normal was, I, I, that's what I wanted. How have you been able to market yourself and maintain a positive reputation as you transition throughout your career? Well, I will tell you, I'm probably not a good self-marketer, but I am, I think what has propelled me along is my reputation is pretty solid because I'm, I've always, no matter what role I was in, whether it was doing the, the task or overseeing the task, I've always prided myself on we were going to do it with integrity and we were going to do it accurately. And so I would say if you ask people today that have worked with me back through the years, what's the one, you know, the one quality in Kim Gubera, they probably wouldn't say, oh, she's funny or she's fun to be around. Or, I mean, I hope they would maybe down there. But it wouldn't be number one. <laughs> they would say she's good at what she does. I think that's what they would say. And so I, I do have that reputation, and I don't say that pridefully. It's just I've been very precise about that. If someone came to you stating that they were going to pivot in their career, what would be three essential steps you would share to help make that pivot successful? I believe that having your house somewhat in order from wherever that starting point is, you know, not leaving things undone. Because then as you move forward, especially if it happens quickly like it did with me, you, you're ready, that kind of thing. I think you have to have a very open mind. So I actually left my last position or I gave notice on my position before I came to Pertec and I didn't really know what I was going to do. I gave my notice at a job I'd been at 26 years without any idea of where, where I was going to go or what I was going to do. 
Wow. And I actually, I actually applied to be a franchisee for a franchise system. I didn't make it through their cuts. They're pretty competitive. But I tried that, and I, I just knew I needed to do something different. It was actually the year that I was turning 50 is when I made the change because I was like, if I'm going to do anything, I better get busy. And then I'd say the third thing is just make sure that you have a group of mentors to help you along. So I actually have, even today, have a mentor from my former employer, a mentor at my current employer, and then some people that are not involved with me def- you know, specifically in my career that I still go to for advice and counsel uh, because I, I like that. I like having multiple opinions. Uh, to, it gives me new ideas as well as validate where you're going. Yeah. What would you say as a mentor was one of the top keys to your success that you received from your mentors? Absolutely. My boss in my previous role or previous company taught me everything I know about franchising. And literally, I would not be in the role that I'm in today if I had not come to Pertech with the background that I had in franchising. That definitely is, you know, I mean, obviously the financial was great, but you can get a lot of people with financial acumen and and finance knowledge and a CPA and those things, but you don't get that along with the franchising much. So that definitely would be the, the thing that has probably had the greatest impact. If someone wanted to um, start their own franchise, what would be the top piece of advice you would share with them? Make sure that it's a sound franchise model and then make sure that you're committed to following the model. Mm. Because if they have a good model, it works. And so if you think you're going to come in and and do outside the model and still be successful, you're probably going to struggle. Do you see a lot of people who want to do their own thing and not follow the model? Or for the most part, do people follow the model to be successful? I think ultimately they'll follow the model because they they realize that it's going to work. But yeah, people come in with, you know, and it's not that we don't uh, welcome their their ideas. A lot of our greatest ideas about, you know, refining our model has come from our franchise network. But the basic tenets of it have to be followed. And, you know, when we do, and we do quite a bit of vetting before somebody comes a fr- becomes a franchisee, if we feel like they're going to be more entrepreneurial in their spirit and and do things their own way, we actually suggest to them, this is probably not a good fit for you. Uh, We have a lot of success with, I'll I'll make the comparison, we have a lot of success with people that were military people because they're used to following a process, they have a system for everything, and they follow it. And so a lot of our owners, as in most franchise models, are success, you know, were success in the military and now they're successful owners. Oh, that's really interesting. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. It's a really good people that have transitioned, you know, coming, retiring out of the military or or were ending their service career. 
a lot of them will look at franchise models because of that very fact. Yeah. And what's on the horizon for ProTech? Well, we're going to continue uh, helping our franchisees through whatever is left of this pandemic. Uh, fortunately, we've we've been able to be pretty resilient because we we were deemed essential, so that helped. But above and beyond that, we're expanding into Canada this year, so we'll we'll be going hopefully getting our first um, franchise there in Canada. It's kind of hard right now with the pandemic because you can't travel around a lot. But we're going to just continue growing and supporting our franchise network where we ended last year our software conversion. So different tools that we offer for our franchise network, just improving on those that then in turn helps them grow their business. Congratulations. That's amazing. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Is there anything else that you would like to comment on that we didn't talk about? I think the only thing I would add is it's never too late. So again, you know, I made the change the year I turned 50, and that might frighten some people, but it's actually ended up re-energizing me by, you know, really having a different kind of opportunity and an expanded opportunity. So I'd say just it's never too late. Yeah. Um, I, I know so many people that they are afraid and they let their age hold them back. So thank you for sharing that. Um, it's never too late, no matter what. Um, where can Agreed. my followers and listeners find you on social media? I am on LinkedIn. And I, I'm sorry to say I'm not on Instagram, although I probably should be, but um, or Twitter. <laughs> I just don't feel like I have that much exciting things to say, but I am an avid LinkedIn user and poster, so I would welcome them to, uh, you know, reach out to me on LinkedIn. All right. And you know, it's never too late for Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> true. That's very true. <laughs> Kim, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Cheryl. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Embrace the Pivot. As always, feel free to reach out to me with any questions, insights, personal stories. I love hearing from you. Next week, again, I will be back to share how to pivot your mindset in order to successfully pivot in your career. Until next week, I hope you keep on embracing your pivots. Have a great week. You can follow me, Dr. C, on Instagram at Embrace the Pivot. I hope all of you embrace your pivot.